sitting in the low 70s and dropping down to the high 60s this coming Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It is 10.06 and time for the Saturday special with Michael Zwirling. Griffin. Griffin Queener. Yes. May I ask you a personal question? Sure, sure. How many times do you take a shower, a nice warm shower? Um, at least once per day. Really? Yeah. I just took my annual nice warm shower. Oh, wow. In okay. honor of the 68th anniversary of my birth, which is today. Happy birthday. Yeah, oh, here, I have to, someone has to wish me happy. Has happy to. birthday, and yeah, what, uh, what a nice cake you have for your birthday. Dave, Dave Michaels got me this wonderful New York cheesecake. Oh, amazing. I love cheesecake. Like, oh, yes, yeah. yeah. And, um, and... <clears throat> I, I was sort of sad because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, no one had, had called me to to to, uh, to wish me uh, a happy 68th anniversary. See, I don't use the word birthday mm -hmm. because there's only one birthday. It's the day you were born, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so all the others are anniversaries. So this is the 68th anniversary of this my This is birth. your mother's anniversary. No, it's my anniversary of, of, the, of well, having been born. Well, she's the one that born. did all the labor. That, yeah, well, that's that's true too. I'm not saying it's not. Anyhow, we have to get our terms correct right, right, here on the course. Saturday special, or it wouldn't be right. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, there, I was feeling, uh, I was whimpering a little bit, and and I drove, and as I approached the radio station, there was a big crowd of people here, and I thought it was a surprise party for me, <laughs> but no, 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 no. It, it was just some people to clean up the damn you know lagoon you know but, but i guess that's good yeah i yeah. guess that's good but it's not as good as if i would have had a potty course, a surprise potty but anyhow uh, as long as someone wished me well we're gonna uh spank you 68 times at the during the middle of this show <laughs> all right <laughs> gonna be fun that voice belongs to well it belongs to does it can anybody guess who that belongs to Four seven nine ten eighty area eight three one. I know you can guess, Griffin. Yeah, it wouldn't Griffin, be much of a Griffin guess Quieter. for me. Yeah, but maybe someone in the audience can call four seven nine ten eighty, and they'll win a prize if they get the um, the right. By the way, speaking of prizes, where is Dave? Dave Michaels. I can go grab him. Oh, he needs to come and do a promo wow. before we start this show. Oh my God! <laughs> I, my guess is that he's busy with a customer. Um, well, do customers come first, or does a commercial on the radio come first to get more customers? <laughs> customers, I, right? I guess you need a, uh, an ad. And get Is it the chicken or the egg that came first? Well, it's a chicken. Mm, no, it was no, the egg. It was no, the it was the chicken. No, it was the egg. And so it just keeps going back and forth. Right. But I do, in this case, believe that it is more important for Dave to do a live promo. For people to come and make themselves healthier because <clears throat> because on this occasion of the 68th anniversary of my birth we are going to do something very special aren't we dave michaels okay. hey Aren't we? Yeah. Oh, it says it, it says it's live. It's Does not it? Live. Yeah, yeah, it's live, okay. but it's not. All right. Oh, the lights burned out. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. Keith McHenry is here again. Thank you for stopping by. You ruined this is be the great. competition. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, Nobody no. called anyhow. Okay. So, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> well, yeah. you could dump it. 
Yeah, now we don't have to give away a, a, a now we don't have to give away a thousand and eighty dollars worth of free stuff. Oh, great! See, yeah, we so just thank you. Money. Yeah, that's good. We're making money. Oh, so. here I go, just walking in and go and blow the whole thing. <laughs> Gosh darn it! It's okay, Dave. You, you you have the company's interest at heart. All right. Without yeah, yeah and you always do. Even this time, you didn't realize it. Yeah, geez, sorry so, about that. But oh, I am excited, and I'm sure it's going to be another good show, MZ. You've, you've had this. Uh, you're on a run. Really good stuff. Well, well, I was starting to doubt it, and then, and then I said, "Oh my God, I can! I, I think I can always rely on Keith, mm. right? Because yeah. and we're we're making lot, we're having fun now, but it, it's it is a very serious and even somber topic. It is. I, I, uh, um... So I don't want to make light of that, but but what we and and I don't want to make light of how important it is for people to come to the Dave Cave. Right. Where, uh, now, what are we going to do? Are we going to extend the buy two and get one? Or sure. in honor of the 68th anniversary of my birth, are we going to say um, buy three and get two? I like that. I like yeah. that even better. <laughs> people want to give me a, a nice sure, present, sure. right? Pay buy, extra. Buy, pay for three and right. get two. Yeah. And let us keep the third yeah. one. Yeah. So we have an extra one to sell. Maybe we'll go with the other one, though. Buy two, get one free. Okay. Uh, that might work out a little bit better. All righty. So, okay. and, and you're pretty well stocked, are you we're still? Pretty well, we're stocked well enough to, to get you hooked up with uh, with a good deal. Yes. Okay. Very right. good. So, um, yeah, and... and um, I guess the people that I thought were here for my surprise potty are out cleaning the lagoon, oh. which needs it, which right. definitely needs it. they're going to have pizza afterwards, so we can go over there and, and mm. just take over the pizza Is your mic afterwards. wet? Mine is. I've got drool all over it. Okay. okay. I'll uh, be out there in the Dave Cave yes. until 2. Keith, good to see you. Sorry, Dave, I blew the surprise. You, uh, no problem. All right. Okay. okay. So <laughs> how come I can't? Do, do I have the wrong thing? Hey, Griffin, Griffin Queener. Wait, wait a second. Oh, I have to push the button so that we can start the program. You know, we need to have two mice instead of a switch to switch the mouse between the two computers. Because I'm just not very bright, particularly on the 68th anniversary of my birth. But I finally figured out what was wrong, so now we're going to start the show officially. Three, two, one. Good morning. A brighter day is here. Good morning. May we bring you cheer. We've got time. We've got tunes. We've got time, tunes, and temperature. Get up and go. It's today, you know, on KSCO Radio. Good morning. Wait a minute. Earballs out. All right, MZ here. Um, uh, I've had a senior moment live on the radio. Oh, welcoming you to hour number one of the Saturday special, your favorite program on your favorite radio station. That's presumptuous. Good morning. <laughs> now stay right here on KSCO Radio. Even though the beans have been spilt, as it were, by Dave, Dave Michaels, I am still going to officially re-welcome 
our good friend Keith mm -hmm. McHenry. Thank you. Who is the co-founder um, of uh, Food Not Bomb, or the founder? Co-founder. I'm the co-founder. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, there's uh, eight of us originally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you were on a Saturday special. I don't know, three weeks ago, something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the um, what you are all about is um, making the tragedy of homelessness um, better for people who find themselves in that situation and there are increasing numbers of such people yeah it's incredible how many new faces are arriving at food not bombs each week and sadly a huge number of them are women who have just had their homes towed their cars towed and they get, they come and they go, wow, I just lost all my medicine. I lost my ID. I lost my photo album of my kids because the car was towed and I don't have the money to get it back. And there's nothing I can do about it. And there's a of that look of shock when they arrive. <laughs> and that's uh, the new po uh, stepped up policy of our local city is to deprive people of the homes their vehicles that they live in wow yeah i i know we covered <clears throat> pardon me a little a little bit of that last um we um last time you were on but um how many times would you say that's happened s since you know the last three weeks so? oh probably i think i've run into five six women have come <clears throat> to me there was a woman uh jennifer that's living was living in a tent at uh she moved in. She lost her vehicle. She then was frightened uh, of people like harassing her in a doorway on Front Street. And then she moved into a tent with a group of people at the post office. And that was her. And she celebrated her 45th anniversary in a tent at the post office. What? Yep. Wait a minute. 45th anniversary? Uh, her birth birthday. She oh. she told told me that today's my birthday and I spent it in this tent because it was so she was very you know attractive young woman and I can imagine you know she, and she lost her car and all of her belongings and another uh, friend of mine Jonathan he was at, uh, living at the main beach and then they kicked everyone off the main beach and then he comes to me, he has a skateboard, I said, what? and he's like, yeah, that's my friend's skateboard. I lost everything, including my ID, and he lost everything, and all we retrieved was the skateboard. And he had no coat, he had a t-shirt, it was, you know, and it was getting dark, and he was, you know, we're like rummaging through all the stuff in the Funabaz van, trying to find warm things to put to give to him and two other people who lost everything when they got kicked off of, of the main beach. Um, this is a, every day. we have, That was at the Little Red Church on a Monday. Um, the last caller on the last program you were on was incredibly articulate. And so um, both you and I thought it would be a great idea if she would come, if she could come. And she's here. Will you introduce? Yeah, this is the president of the Santa Cruz Homeless Union. She was one of the people at the Ross Camp Council. 
She was the one of the principal authors of the federal lawsuit against the city of Santa Cruz to attempt to stop the eviction of uh, at least 200 people out of Ross Camp into the woods, into the doorways of downtown Santa Cruz, as was testified by her and by myself and others in uh, San Jose. And it's Alicia Cool, president, esteemed president of the Santa Cruz Homeless Union. Thank you. Well, thank you for that introduction. And I am proud to be here. Alicia, was it your idea to start this union? The homeless union, no. Mm -hmm. I was kind of recruited into the homeless union, but it was my idea to start the uh, Ross Camp Council so that they could have a voice within that camp that we had, the largest uh, homeless encampment that Santa Cruz has ever had. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it was uh, as testified by a number of the plaintiffs and, um, in that case that women had moved into that camp for protection and there were testimony of people being sexually assaulted testimony of a, by a friend of a, of a person who had been raped and then killed and that was why it was in part so important to keep Ross Camp together and to, w there was a huge effort by the camp council and by residents of the camp to try to clean it up the community came out yeah, we organized two separate cleanings, actually. Yep, and there are, and there are, uh, there were two separate cleanings, yes. or there was supposed to be before it was shut down. No, no, there were before it was shut down. There were two separate cleanings in order to rectify some of the concerns that the city had, so that they wouldn't force the shutdown. We were trying to basically, you know, take care of all their concerns, so they wouldn't have to go that route. Or, or force that route. Right. And then we were, we actually, in federal court, we provided that because you, you need to have a settlement, right? There was a negotiations. And we provided a, um, a number of solutions, including moving sections of the camp completely out for a short while to rake up everything and to place less campers in that physical space and create a second space for the people that couldn't fit in in the Ross camp if we kept the tents separated according to what the fire marshal wanted us to do so we proposed that but the 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 response by Susie O'Hare the city manager's uh, assistant city manager and 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 Martin Bernal and uh, the um, city attorneys was a blank stare we didn't even get an actual response at all well it started out it originally started out during our camp council meetings accepted like that there right. were some issues that needed to be done we needed to make some some easeways for the fire department to be able to get in and out and they agreed with us that that could be done without displacing any people any of the residents of the camp and so we had about two or three meetings discussing how that situation would look and it was kind of I don't know, promised to us almost that yeah. Parks and Rec would come in and help us do that. And then the next thing you know, they went back to city council and had this big presentation. And I was actually really shocked to hear Susie and the fire, uh, Jason Hyduke, say that suddenly they changed their mind and said that any cleaning would require everyone to leave. Right. And so it was a bit shocking. We didn't have to displace all those people in order to you know, rectify the health and safety concerns. 
Right. We had a concrete negotiate proposals to and that members of the city, uh, as Alicia just said, agreed to, and then and then that was it. And so we have like. What do you think caused reversal? Um, I would say that. Um, well, the, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah, I would say for definitely the city attorney and 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 Martin Bernal and Susie O'Hare had really no intention of ultimately doing that. Um, that was a uh, possibly just a stalling tactic. The um, you know, so I that that would be my impression because I you know Susie has been on the front lines of the anti-homeless efforts for the city for years and years and uh, that's been I think why she was hired when oh really when you say anti-homeless what does that mean G getting getting rid of the homeless rather than trying to solve the problem correct yeah I think the basic idea like when she was uh, the the city's connection to downtown um, alliance and all that it was like we don't need any homeless people in our town and just get out and there's all these myths, of course, that are promoted, of which uh, are you can hear promoted at city council meetings by the staff, which are that the homeless are, we've got all these great services, so all the homeless come to Santa Cruz, which, you know, that's, uh, I, I, would, well, I think I've even mentioned on this show before, I was in Cleveland homeless in the middle of the winter, and they said all the homeless come to Cleveland because the soup kitchen's great there. Well, it was five below zero outside why would you want to move to cleveland for a soup kitchen um you know so that every city says that um every city's got homeward bound uh, get free bus tickets in fact um you know people travel all around the united states uh using homeward bound you know or cities get to pay people to get out of your town you know, if you want a free ticket to anywhere in the country including into hawaii you go to uh, uh the city uh, say i'm homeless i want to my um, cousin has a place for me and in, in maui i need to go there and they'll buy you a plane ticket and send you to maui well and to go back to your original question i think that it was the growing numbers i mean the fact that there were over 200 people there they didn't necessarily have you know total control it's not a, a completely managed encampment the way that they are running 1220. You know, people aren't getting wanded. They weren't collecting how did data. That hap how was it opened in the first place? Did someone who well, owned the property say, hey, we're not using it for anything else? What do you think? No. They closed another camp. These survival camps, and I call them survival camps, pop up out of necessity after they've closed other camps. So there, it's my understanding there was a camp at San Lorenzo that they closed, and so people kind of migrated there, and once a few people came there, the police and Parks and Rec started actually directing people, hey, why don't you go stay over there? And then it became, you know, large. It became overpopulated. Yeah. It kind of grew into what by anybody's standards right yeah 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 so what so uh, originally there was the san lorenzo the benchlands camp and then they opened uh what's now called 1220 river at a cost of uh start out at ninety thousand dollars a month for sixty Last year right yeah for 60 people it's currently ninety nine thousand dollars a month because the staff now have benefits yeah so now so then at 50, it's fifteen hundred dollars a month per person living in there. Um, where, where is that now? That's on on uh, it's River City Street. It's the city-sanctioned encampment located at twelve twenty River. Yeah. So when they shut that down the first time, 
It's ran by the Salvation Army. Yeah, it was called the Boneyard when they first opened it, and then they realized that didn't sound so good to place 60 homeless people in a place called the Boneyard, so they changed it to the River Street Camp, and then now they're changing it to the 1220 River Street Camp. Originally, had barbed wire around it, too. We kind of had to make a stink about that. Yeah, we the barbed wire Yeah, I finally got... W where is that near? So it's just past visualize. the transit... Uh, um, Repair yard and everything okay. on just, just golf club drive. Yeah, okay, just by, right, on, on the same side on of the road as uh, as the transit. Correct, thing. right. Okay. And so they. Um, okay, that's why I hardly ever go there, so I haven't noticed it. So. Yeah, so that so the it, well, you wouldn't notice if you drove by. It just looks like some uh, shipping containers behind a fence. Um, and so, so what about just expanding that or is it just not possible because it's already bursting at the seams? Yeah, there's no more space uh, there. Um, the other yeah. thing is that it's a, it's a, you have to, you know, because of the anti-homeless homeless sentiment in this town and county and America for the, uh, they, what they, you have to do is, for example, the Salvation Army has a, another shelter with about, I think it's 53 people can fit in it, according to the fire code, over on Laurel Street across from the... Um, outfield of the high yeah, school. Yeah, the, the actual Salvation yeah. Army building, right? Correct. So yeah. what you have to do is you have to gather at the parking lot at Laurel and Front Street and get in a van and be driven down there. You can't walk to there. And you have to be, you have to, you can only come and go from the facilities or when they open the VFW out on 7th by van well they, they won't be opening the vfw winter shelter this correct. year yeah so now we all. do not have a winter shelter for people this winter so who i just why is that and who decided that they decided uh during one of their meetings uh the hap and the county along with some of the city decided that the money would be best directed to go to further funding the 1220 river shelter rather than keeping the vfw open during the winter Correct. And then when you go to VFW um, shelter, it was full all last year, all last winter. And what it is, is you get a gym mat and you have somebody on your, your shoulders are touching the people basically to your left and right side. Your feet are touching the feet of the people on the other gym mat just below you. You have to c catch the van at, at when, it, when it was happening. You had to catch the van at, at Laurel in front. Um, by um, they f eventually lengthened it to six at night, whereas it used to be four. So then you were there, you got wanted and searched and everything. It's not and real dignified, even if you manage to get in. Yeah, and then so many people can't get in, and then people. It's hard for disabled people to sleep on mats on the sure. floor. Sure. Yeah. But about the wanding and everything, they're looking for needles and things that are bad, right? Well, the, what the excuse was that there were two people got into an argument at, at the end, and one person stabbed a fork in the arm of another person, and so they had to start wanding people so people well, couldn't bring in utensils and, and knives that, and stuff. That thought too, and and I remember Desiree on one of the interviews that we were questioning her and and talking with her. She said that she can't go to a lot of these shelters that wand you because she does have weapons. That homeless people, and oftentimes they do have to carry a knife or you know maybe pepper spray something to keep themselves safe at night and especially if you're a woman and she wasn't willing to give up her safety measures to stay at a shelter and all right it, you so mentioned desiree's name that's a tragedy that's happened very recently in fact s subsequent 
to your last appearance. Correct, right? yeah. On the 27th of October. Okay, yeah. so please Desiree tell... Desiree was my best friend. Please tell the audience about Desiree. Well, I met Desiree in, I think, 2008 or nine. We lived at the Rebley Family Shelter together. We were going through a rough time. Um, Desiree was just a really, really good, strong person. She liked to organize people. She had really, really strong beliefs uh, about the homeless and how they should be treated in a dignified way. She was a really good organizer. She basically kind of knew everyone. She was one of those, you know, homeless socialites. And even when she wasn't homeless, um, she was just knew everybody. She had an apartment in the Beach Flats area for a good couple of years when she finally got her Section 8 voucher. But there was this huge cockroach problem in her apartment, and she asked the management for help with it after trying, you know, for months to fix it on her own. And they kicked her out. And she wasn't, you know, subsequently couldn't find another place. It's really hard if you have a Section 8 voucher to find somebody willing to rent to you and and find a, a, a good, you know, standard, a good um safe place, place to right live. that's yeah. not health and safety you know failing yeah and so she couldn't find one and became homeless and when the ross camp closed she was big at the ross camp helped she was our lead plaintiff and helped organize that and when they closed it she was not offered a place to go she wasn't offered any of the alternatives she had ptsd so she for the reasons we were talking about can't stay in a place that's like a gym mat on the floor right next to somebody. She was a victim of abuse when she was younger, so she had several reasons why she couldn't do that. And Susie didn't even offer her so much as a motel voucher when the Ross camp closed, and so she ended up living in a survival camp in the Poganip. And when it was a real windy night, um, and subsequently a real windy morning a tree blew over and fell on her when she was checking on another friend in their camp so the susie you're talking about she died yeah uh, and this this was just like uh, 10 days ago or something right? yeah the yeah the 27th of october uh, the diablo winds were blowing oh that sunday yeah, yeah and at about 9 40 roughly 9 30 yeah, she died the, in the morning yep the tree and tree so crushed her. if this susie person Susie O'Hara. Who, her position is what? Deputy uh, Assistant uh, City Manager. Uh, for the City of Santa Cruz. For the City of Santa Cruz. And I just she, call her Assistant to the City Manager. Yeah, she's okay. Assistant to the City Manager, and she was and, the and main you, person. She, she's the person you were referring to earlier in this program as an anti-homeless person. Well, to me, she's prevalent in this case because she is... The main person that convinced the federal judge that people would be offered adequate alternative shelter before the Ross camp was closed. And was so it some vendetta against Desiree? Why, why Desiree didn't get one of these vouchers that apparently Susie had the power to I issue? have a declaration from Desiree. Um, what was it? Three days before the Ro or three days after the Ross camp right. closed, that she asked Susie while standing on the bridge over there by the Ross camp for a motel voucher if she could be one of the ones to get one. Susie kind of gave her a dirty look and walked away. And I think you know this is just speculation, but I think it's punishment for being a, a plaintiff in the lawsuit because she was one of the people that was trying to sue the city and keep them from closing the camp. And uh -huh. so yeah, retaliation. Yeah, I mean I, this is like a totally minor thing but just as an example um uh i think it was chris crone was uh thought that they w there should be a uh 
a declaration for uh, announcing that May 24th, you know, 2019 with Food Not Bombs Day. And he and there was a whole thing he wrote up for that, which mm -hmm. many people get, you know, many organizations in town. And we received an email back from uh, Watkins that under no circumstances, that's the Mayor Watkins, would we give them a declaration calling it Food Not Bombs Day. And because, she even said because it was because, your Because we were suing the city. Um, and we were part of the lawsuit against the city. So there, I think this, there was a really interesting, you know, um, Alicia served the city uh, in public at city council, and they still fought that. <laughs> and was then, interesting. And then the, then the federal judge actually stopped the eviction of Ross Camp in an email that occurred during city council uh, debate to vote to kick everyone out of Ross Camp, and they had to shut the the meeting down and go behind closed doors to talk about that. Right. Originally, our TRO was successful for one weekend. Yep, and and I think that uh, my sense is that, and I think a lot of people believe that the city was shocked that homeless people could actually write their own federal lawsuit and stop the city from kicking people out. And I think that freaked them, them out. That there, there's a kind of like this attitude that the homeless need to be taken care of. They're like children and they can't, they're not irresponsible mm -hmm. and, and so on. But the, the people live, you know, you go to the Pognip. When we went up to the Pognip the last time to see where Desiree was killed, you know, it's just incredible, the uh, inventiveness. And, and, I mean, you know. I want people to know that there are plenty, plenty, dozens, hundreds of people homeless individuals in our community that do not need case management or drug testing. Um, there's nothing at all wrong with them. They just can't afford anything. You know, we have barriers to, to living here in this area right now. The rents, or anywhere really, the rents are just becoming exceedingly high. The wages are low. That doesn't mean there's, you know, something wrong with you. Yeah, well, and then also it's shocking how many people that we know that live outside in Santa Cruz are actually going to college like I'm Alicia. a full-time college student. I'm close to getting my degree. I have, I think, one semester left, and yeah. I will get a college degree. I will have done it basically on a laptop and my phone in the middle of all this, you know, hecticness and chaos that I've been going through in yeah. my life. Yeah, and, and there are other plaintiffs. In but, the, but you, and I'm not the only one. You Crystal's are doing too. it too, yeah. You are not homeless at the moment well i technically am i live what? in an rv i've been homeless for a year now and so i should help you know change the face of homelessness as well we are articulate we are smart we can speak up for ourselves i live in an rv i lost my home in october of last year i was renting a place in the santa cruz mountains and i come to find out that it was illegal my landlord had been ordered for several years prior not to rent out these illegal units that he built himself because they were uns you know they were not standard up to code and the county came out started demolishing people's homes two people uh down the way from me down the mountain ended up homeless they had only hours to gather what they could carry and leave and he didn't provide any hotel for them, even though, you know, that's legally what a landlord should do when that happens. Right. He didn't return my deposit or anything. I was just forced to find another place to live really, really quickly. And unfortunately, thanks to an insurance settlement I had from a car accident, I purchased an RV. 
And so that's that kind of when I became... became your home for yeah. a year, I yeah. guess, right? So far. It's been a year now. And that's kind of what sparked my turning into a homeless advocate because I realized how quickly our society and our community looks at you differently. Like, I am the same person. I didn't change, um, but losing my house and going into an RV, I instantly became, like, some second-class citizen. The police were harassing me. I couldn't pull into Safeway and buy food for my kids. They were knocking on the RV, um, suggesting we could be drug dealers, asking us what we're doing there. I mean, there's a lot of anti-homeless harassment and policy well, that goes and, on and, but, that I, but I, I became but, aware of. Uh, right, but that's not for good reason because there is a lot of that bad stuff associated with homelessness. Well, there's some of that I, bad I don't, stuff. I don't mean to, But people know, in houses do that bad stuff too. Yeah, yeah. We don't just go up to each and every car and say, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. It's it's not right. Well, you know that I was talking to uh, my girlfriend this morning about um the the women that get you know come to me who have been raped in the doorways of downtown Santa Cruz and she had been talking to uh, like a, a you know uh, her uh, barber or hairdresser and and they go well you know yeah why are the homeless all raping each other and stuff and it's like that's actually not true that it's more likely that it was a housed person that was attacking people because they feel that there there will Superior. be no yeah, and no repercussions. Well, you know, it's funny. I got on my wow. homeless advocate page. I just got a message today that there's a apparently a homosexual man, a housed individual, that's going around to unhoused men and offering them money for sex. And if they decline, he's saying things like, "Oh, well, then you'd rather be out here on the streets than you just like to be out here." And yeah. so there's take there there is people that will take advantage of the vulnerable. Yeah, and and so that yeah, it's, there's uh, all right. I mean, there's like really bad apples in every community. I mean, I there's people that live outside that I feed and work with that annoy the heck out of me. <laughs> oh yeah, nobody's perfect. But I have house friends that are just as annoying. We're, we're you should defriend them. <laughs> That's what I've done. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, when when people that I associate with in some way and, and so have, feel some sort, at least in the past, have felt some sort of kinship, when they get negative and when they just drag me down and when their problems become my problems, I just, yeah, cut, I just cut them out of my life. And am I a bad person for doing that? No, no. I you think I'm a do smart... you good for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, like in, 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 yeah, in the... the you know, when you when you organize an all volunteer movement like Food Not Bombs, you're gonna end up. I mean, I can't just tell. We have a, a policy: everyone can eat at Food Not Bombs, even really annoying house people. <laughs> Every okay, everybody. No, <laughs> if someone was disruptive, I mean, would you? Is there anything somebody could do where you would refuse them and say, hey, no. Well, we don't like violence. Yeah, we don't want violence, but we don't kick people out. We give them food and tell them to get the right. heck out of the area, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and we, we have that issue every once in a while. And right. the thing about being homeless is that you're not different from anybody else that's in a house, but your, your problems, your imperfections, anything that you have going on is just that much more obvious. You don't have any privacy. You don't, you know, you're... Anything your indiscretions are on public view. So, yeah, if you're I mean, a married couple a fighting person. each other, you. I mean, we. This is, you know, every once in a while, friends of ours they'll be married, they'll get into a marital dispute, but they do it right there on the street because where else are they going to do it? 
I used to have a, sh a radio program called um, Voices of the Homeless on KPFA in uh, Berkeley. And I had to get the show, I had to come up with like a bunch of different, you know, reasons why the first show, second show, so on. And one of them was, uh, what is it like to be a woman uh, deal on the street? And my guest Fadley fell asleep during the entire program because she had been freezing with no the in those days the San Francisco police under Frank Jordan would confiscate your shoes to try to make you uncomfortable so you would leave town. And she'd been freezing. And so we're in the studio and it was finally warm. But then I my next show uh, was gonna have another show, which was how how are people having like married couples having a sex life on the street and you know, in, in tents and things like that without you know, getting harassed for for that, you know, and and uh, um, you know, sadly, my program got cut, as did many others at that period of time. But it was really, um, you know, there's, you know, what, like, how do you go to work? There, are many people who live outside have full time jobs. You know? Well, there's a lot of challenges, and yeah. especially like in Santa Cruz, we don't have any open restrooms. Uh, we have, you know, very few... I know everybody thinks it, that we have an abundance of resources, but we don't. No, so. I don't think anybody thinks... I'd be surprised if anybody thought that, you know, but because we don't. We don't. <laughs> I mean, and it shocks me. I was doing some research just the other day, and I couldn't believe that there... How many millions of dollars are spent on homelessness in Santa Cruz? And really, the only visible thing that I could see is there's a very new campaign uh, you know a lot of somebody got paid a lot of money to change the name and rebrand house uh, the homeless service center to housing matters, matters. Right. and we got 60 150 dollar pup tents um and, and uh, ninety thousand dollar a month camp for 60 people with no showers 99 $99,000 <laughs> for a, a campground. It's terrible. Yeah, you could almost pay well, I, for I, people to go to, like, Brighton Beach and camp for that price. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, um, we're, um, there's about 15 minutes left in this hour. Um, I, I wanted to use the hour to, to do more about laying the foundation, helping our listeners understand, including me, um, what the plight is it's obvious how can how can anybody with a heart not have that heart broken just to see what's going on um there there are tents popping up in neighborhoods now not encampments but they can be little mini encampments right and mm -hmm. that's disturbing to a lot of people but I mean, what what are you gonna do? I mean, I I they don't. They are your I, neighbors. Uh huh. They are your neighbors. Yeah, they're they're the neighbors now, and um, and I I'm not even sure I understand what the laws are, and they're the laws regarding treatment of the homeless are different within each different municipality. You know. Well, you know, there's. Well, a, I'm assuming, right? I mean, well, there's in the, in the Western United States, the Ninth Circuit Court uh, Court of Appeals said that it was uh, under Martin V. Boise, it was cruel and unusual punishment to ticket people for living outside if you don't offer them shelter. And that was the basis of the litigation against the city for kicking people out of Ross Camp because by, according to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, all 200-plus people had to be placed indoors somewhere 
uh, before they were legally allowed to be forced out in the street. So the city, and particularly Susie O'Hare, gave the impression that all 200 and some people would have a place to go. But just to be clear, there were hotel vouchers for the Santa Cruz Inn, but they, were for, they originally were offering them for like five days or claiming they might be five days at they the end. They became mostly two days. It was mostly two days, and it was like about 20 people right, for two days. Right, people. And then you noticed uh, if you went to the uh, anywhere at the corner of... Uh, of uh, Broadway or, you know, near the Broadway and, and where the Santa Cruz Inn in, people were camping out all around the hotel because they were only allowed to be there for two days. And the that city, was not a solution. To help you quickly just understand, the city is not supposed to break up these survival encampments unless they have alternative indoor available shelter, and they're doing it anyway. So they're violating Martin versus Boise. Yep, and now the, uh, many cities are now... A, there's an attempt to get this uh, uh, Martin v. Boise into the Supreme Court in December. We will know. But and and so the 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 city of San, of Sacramento and the and the mayor. Well, this who's is that? the uh, the state California Supreme Court or no, the, the national. The okay. national, okay. yeah, because uh, there are camps everywhere. So that's the other thing. That's uh, it's not just here. I mean, I, we have food not bombs chapters in roughly 500 cities in in the United States and Canada, and there are camps in Canada and even and every you know. Every city in the country has these camps. And just in California, we have 10 chapters of the California Homeless Union. And that's just in California. And this is, we have, we're national. So, I mean, we have in Boston, yeah. Pittsburgh, I mean, all over the place, this is an issue. Yeah. And then I, we were on, we have a conference call with all the different locals in the country. And so our local in Rochester, New York, that's a, I had family from Rochester, New York, who got laid off when. Kodak went under, yeah. and um, they were building luxury condos all through Rochester, enforcing the people living on the streets out into the uh, neighborhoods. And you're thinking Rochester. It's not just Santa Cruz with the beautiful beaches and the tourist area. No one's going for tourism to Rochester, New York. And why are luxury? It's a horrid place. Yeah, I, it's not where I would want to buy a luxury condominium. But. Evidently, people do. Well, I, actually, it, 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 they don't. It's, uh, in fact, um, uh, there's a really interesting book that came out, uh, um, Homebreaker. And, um, and, and it talks, these properties are often built with no intention, really, of leasing them or selling the units or renting them out because they make the money on the building of the building. So like in Manhattan, when we went to the national training for um, uh, the National Union of the Homeless, there were these huge, huge apartment buildings all around, like some of them 25 stories tall, brand new glass buildings and nobody in them because the money was in the whole financial um, policies that were going on. So like um, Mnuchin and the head of the Treasury Department, they, they actually studied the savings and loan crisis and determine how they could make the most money off of the uh, the of uh, intentionally creating the foreclosure crisis, doing whatever they could with that. And instead, you know, I remember a lot of people during the foreclosure crisis. Our idea was pay the mortgage, you know, bail out the homeowners so they could pay their mortgages. Because where do you pay your mortgage? To the banks. So you would have a twofer. You would have 
a person that didn't lose, the, one of the 8 million people that lost their houses wouldn't have lost their house, and the banks would have re ultimately received the money. But no, they just skipped the people who had mortgages and just gave the money directly to the banks. So no wonder there's 8 million people living on the streets of America. There's 8 million houses that were just transferred to, um, you know, to speculators. And that's has a huge role in why there's 8 million people living outside in America. Wow. It's a, it's a crime. Th this is not coming out. I mean, I didn't understand that. And I, I'm taking you at your word because you sound very logical. Yeah. Well, you, we, we all were watching the foreclosure crisis. I remember standing back during the foreclosure crisis at the post office, and we're all talking. It turned out, that the three women who looked very proper and well-to-do and everything had lost their homes. And they were living in in a very expensive vehicles that were no longer worth very much because they'd owned them for a couple of years. And, it was, and, and um, three of the people were actually realtors because, of course, when the housing crisis happened, people weren't buying houses, they weren't getting commissions, and now they were out on the street wow that's amazing and and, and and alicia this is the uh, thing that is amazing about us restarting the national uh union of the homeless something i was associated with back in the in the 90s is the alicia's of america there's college educated smart clean and sober people professional people there's engineer there are software engineers who their company just did something completely stupid and and ended up like laying off their engineers and they live they wander around some of these people you see downtown santa cruz actually were in high tech just a few years ago so it's a it's an amazing thing we have a professional class of people who live on our streets who are super capable so there is actually a lot of hope in that in that the homeless community is very skilled the you know how many people do i know who built houses and were injured and now i, I had a number of friends that lived at the post office um, before the last sweep at the post office last major sweep who were built who had been working construction and they bro broke their back or something like you know, lost their hand they were the, pe the many of the people in america that live outside are the people that actually you know wired people's mansions and houses they they um, the people that live outside built the united states of america and now they don't even qualify to live in the buildings that they helped build and a lot of people are just one paycheck or one disaster away from you know, that being their reality right now. Yeah, half of America lives at or below the poverty level. Do you think it's realistic for us to use the next hour, hour number two, which uh, uh, we only have uh, seven more minutes on this hour. We have not opened the phone lines. Uh, Stephen Pacific Grove has been waiting for over 30 minutes to go on. There were a couple others who dropped off. I don't feel bad about that because we didn't invite any callers anyhow yet. But I want to do callers uh -huh, next, yes, for sure. next whole hour. I'm good with that. And and I don't but but here's here's what I here's what I want to happen. Maybe it's not realistic. I want everything to be um 
solution oriented. Yeah, we're happy not, to not provide that. Not bitch oriented. So right. do I. <laughs> and I'm sure that one of the people, because on the screen, Griffin, uh, who screens the calls, put that there was someone named Joan, I think it was, who who uh, is uh, tired of this guest. And right, is that what you what you put on the on the? Yeah. So this was. Uh, uh, I was already prejudiced against this caller who was who hadn't even been asked to call yet, but it's okay if you're not asked to call, right, right. but don't be insulted if I don't take your call. Right. Before we've invited calls. Is it you, Keith? Okay. Are they tired of you? Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I, I think I that's it's what you they, and not that's me. What, that's yeah, what the, you have not been a guest long enough to be tired of. <laughs> yeah, that's what you, Griffin's nodding, right? It's Keith yeah. that, 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 that this Joan person well, there's was, at least uh, that. was tired of. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, if, if the person, maybe maybe the person will call back. But you know what? I don't even want the person to call back if they're if they're nothing but a troll. I'm sick and tired of trolls being the 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 users, the almost exclusive users of talk radio. If that's all we can get, I don't even want to be in this business anymore. Right. I'm, well, it's I'm just dead like, serious about yeah, that. Yeah. It's like nextdoor.com. You. It, so many people, well, you'll be on that, and it's just horrible, horrible, horrible about the homeless. Bitch, and then bitch, some, bitch, 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 yeah, they, they come up with yeah. nothing, no solutions about Another But I don't want to be the same way. Right, yeah, well, we don't want to be we're, doing that. we're sort of bitching a little bit now. I'm bitching about the people, <laughs> people who bitch, that bitch, bitch, bitch. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so I'm sort of a hypocrite myself. Right. You know? <laughs> but, but no, we there are solutions. You know, when I started Food Not Bombs in 1980 with my friends, there the word homelessness didn't even exi hardly exist, and there was only one shelter in Boston called the Pine Street Inn, and it had like a, r less than 50 people that would go there in the bitter cold and and sit around in a room, a, a tile room, and there was an estimated less than 100,000 people living outside, and it's not like some reason millions of Americans thought urban camping was the greatest way to go. No, this has grown. This has grown for for a reason. Yeah, yeah. By the end of the Reagan administration, sadly, because of the changes of policies and and uh, and you know some things were potentially positive. That they, I'm against militarism, but apparently that broke the back of the Soviet Union. But it also hurt our country, and uh, you know, and, and um, you know, we we didn't collapse like the Soviet Union, but our f workers ended up on the streets. Um, okay, so we have Keith McHenry and, and Alicia Cool, right, as our guests today on the Saturday special. Uh, next hour, we're going to try like hell to be positive with solutions uh, to the homeless problem. It just it, It's got to be the toughest problem there is to solve. That's why it's such a hard problem and seems to be getting worse, right? Yeah, although I have to say, a friend of mine, Paul Bowden, who I met living on the streets in San Francisco years ago, who's now, he's he uh, is often quoted that the, the solution to homelessness is a home. Right. It's basically that simple. And it's not right. that the homelessness is the problem. It's the root causes Do, that cause it. Does anybody know... Um, I, I, I thought about asking uh, Roland Rebelly, yeah. who, along with his wife, uh, had, had put up the funds for the Rebelly shelter. Yeah. That's there. Yeah, they're they wonderful people. Some, yeah. Um, uh, do you know... Do you happen to have contact? I don't... I 
I have his mail, mailing address, but I don't have his phone okay, number. Okay, we think. had him on the Saturday special yeah. once, probably twenty years ago. And then Dick and uh, Paul Lee, another, he is still oh. on the front lines of. Um, I have Paul's phone I, number. Yeah, I think, I, think yeah. I do too. Actually, yeah. I mean, these people, the Paul Lee Loft and the Reveille Shelter. I mean, these people, and and you remember that struggle for that? They were they worked so hard because uh, there was an attempt to put it where Ross. You know, the shelter was allegedly uh, originally proposed to be where Ross dressed for less is, but then there was an idea. Well, well that's too much in town. We should move it across the street before Costco was there. And the, and that so it was supposed to be on the edge of town. It was there before Costco. I did, I, I had forgotten that. Yeah, yeah. Costco's been there since what ninety four or something. Um, maybe ninety four. Certainly was, ninety by ninety five. It was around that same time they yeah. were put moving. So then, you know that then that neighborhood was kind of a write off. Now those building the houses there are worth something. You know, so um, you know it's just pushing people around is is really not accomplishing much at all you know except for you know the, i have a friend lucero that lives on the lives on the street and she taught me something interesting about women living on the street the way she does it is she because i asked her if she wanted one of my sleeping bags because i i just got a good donation of sleeping bags no 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 i just walk around it's not safe for me to sleep anywhere so i walk all night what yeah and How what can she, anybody do that you gotta have sleep she sleeps in the day. Yeah, I know. That's a lot what of people most people do, do is sleep in the day because even when it even when, when it was it used to be, open. it's actually technically illegal to sleep between the hours of uh, eleven thirty and, and eight in the morning in Santa Cruz, in a car or outside anywhere. But you know, she got woken up at the library doing this. Yeah, so she, she just got woken up at the library by a first oh. alarm, false alarm, and um, and so you know, it's a, it's a tragedy. So she takes photos all night of the people living outside. Mm -hmm. It's incredible to go to her Facebook page and see All right, dozens we're, of people we're living gonna, in doorways. We're going to try to do some positive. Not that we haven't already, because right. I think it's so important for people to understand, you know, what's really going on. Uh, anyhow, uh, so stay with us, uh, Monterey Bay, Silicon Valley, Santa Cruz. Um, this is KSCO Santa Cruz, Salinas. Monterey sitting in the low 70s and then dropping down to the mid 60s this Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. It's going to be partially cloudy weather across the board and now it is 11.06 and time to return to the Saturday special with Michael Swirling. Griffin, Griffin Queener. Yes. Hey, I forgot to uh, check my email. Oh. Because I'm getting old and I forget those kinds of things. Well, I think that's excusable, you know. All right, I'm going to check it right now to okay. see if anybody sent an email last hour and if they uh oh oh my gosh well f okay sustainable sir did the root cause of home okay mz at ksco.com if you don't want to call but you want to participate in the program otherwise call 831-479-1080 if you want to go on the program live uh, with uh, Keith and Alicia and uh, uh, poor old MZ. And um, Dave is in the cave. And the deals are just, they're, they're deals to squeal for. You know, that are <laughs> deals to squeal. I heard him say that once. Well, uh, you were going to hey, say. Where, where, where's your music, the calling music? Oh, I, I, I know. Thank you. Okay. We will. It doesn't yeah. feel right until we I know. We, we can't actual. take a call. For sure. Um, okay, so I think this is what you're talking about. Yeah. 
uh, Keith McHenry. That's why here. they call this the voice of the homeless. KSCO, the yeah, voice you, of the homeless. Yeah, wow. Voice, the home voice, of the homeless. Voice. Oh, hello, darling. I hate to hang up on you, but I'm sorry, baby, but I have to go. It's time for that wonderful record show. I'd love to visit, but you'll have to call back. KSCO has the inside track. Oh, my. I think I have um, gotten it down about the, um, the, the cooking level on the micro oven. I'm sorry, baby, but I really gotta go to KSCO Radio. Bye. Because the frozen hamburger I just nuked, and I offered it to you guys, but you're vegans, so you, you weren't interested. Um, but Dave is back, so he must have a message, Dave. Uh, actually, I just have a question that I want answered today before you guys get off the air. Uh, number one, I'm going to start off with the, with a the little thing that I saw on my way. I live in a bad part of town of Watsonville. I see a bunch of stuff every day, man. And the other night I saw this woman who was huddled over her cart, and it was freezing cold. And I felt so bad. God, I felt so bad for her because she didn't have a jacket. And, and you could tell everything she had was in that cart. And she's huddled over it, and I'm wondering... Is what she gonna do this? I mean, who, who just I, I couldn't I couldn't think about it anymore. I just had to uh, shut my mind off to it. Keith, what? How do I help somebody? Do I drive around with a bunch of blankets? And if I do, are they? Uh, does it matter if they're cheap blankets? Should they be of a certain quality? Is there something? Uh, what are what do the homeless need? What do they need that I can carry around? Like I know women could use. Um, feminine products and mm -hmm. I get carry yeah. I would feel weird though handing th yeah, those out right <laughs> but but blankets I'd, I'd be fine with that uh, is jackets, really helpful sweatshirts what do they need what quality do they need to be where can I buy them from do I buy them at, at Goodwill and just carry them in my car do I drop them off to you how do we help how can I just the regular Joe with an extra 20 bucks uh, just something to keep in my trunk stop by what do the homeless need what would be most valuable you socks gloves hat what? Well, here's one of the things that we do, um, and I don't know if we're going to do it tomorrow, but maybe we are, is we set up outside of Costco looking for underwear. Because imagine walking around with... New underwear? Yeah, new underwear that you buy at Costco. That's why we set up at Costco. But any kind of coat uh -huh. and jacket. and So we, we uh, have a distribution every Saturday and Sunday from 4 to 6. Mm-hmm at the downtown post office of coats and socks and sleeping bags and the um there's a outward bound they come with all the last outward bound stuff and bring it there and the problem is so i have to give sleeping bags to the same person every week or two because either somebody else steals it or the more commonly the rangers and the police take it and throw it away right and so you know, if the city would just stop taking people's stuff. So that poor woman in Watsonville, either somebody probably stole her blanket or it got confiscated or you know, the big problem is that there's wet. no there's no permanence, right? There's right. nothing that they can they can put their stuff there and go. That's why uh, that was part of the, the what I liked about the, the Ross camp. I mean, I don't know if there was how you feel about the Ross camp, but what I liked about it was there was some kind of permanence. So you Correct. Can, you can keep your stuff there. Yeah. And you could go off and so and get a job. Right. 
Right. In Santa Cruz, you, just recently, Cooper was told by Loudon Nelson that you have to stay with your stuff. So if you have a tent or yeah, any see, belongings, uh, then you how, walk how away can from you it. Succeed? How can you succeed? Disappear. You're, yeah, her, it's, fr it's, her friend Russell went to the bathroom down to that portable toilet at Laurel Street where he was, uh, he was uh, at outside of, and Cooper was watching her, his stuff. And the rangers just came up and they broke all the poles of a brand new tent and sliced it up and put it in a bag. And they're good people. She was just volunteering. Yeah. Uh, so before yeah, you get so, off the air. So blankets, so coats, socks, clean underwear. And donate directly. Don't be afraid to give yeah, those things give directly right to, to the person. The person. Yeah, just give it to the person you see. Um, a really big thing is look a person in the eye and say hi and ask them their name. What okay. a simple but important thing. That's And if you don't want to do any of those things, you can always, if you have uh, gently used clothing, blankets, you can drop them off at the meal, the Food Not Bombs meal at the post office, mm -hmm. Saturday and Sunday between 4 and 6. We okay. are welcoming because we have less winter shelter this year than we had last year. So right now, I really feel like it's up to us as a community, since the city is not willing to step up and, and you know, open more shelter to keep people alive this winter. So we're going to need a lot of donations. Yeah, you know what? There's a cash program, the cash where the at, when they voted to get rid of everybody out of Ross Camp, they voted to have this committee to talk about homelessness. So they've got, like, I think now we're up to three homeless people in a, this committee. And so Frank went back to 1220, which is where he's staying, the 1220 River Street, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't let him in. And they wouldn't give him his sleeping bag or any of his belongings. So he's... He's volunteering for the city, and he had to wander around all night without a coat. Nobody should have to be. And that with, was last with, Tuesday. It was freezing. It, it, and cold weather is, is, yeah. is here and already. And there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere so, to sit and be warm in the middle of the night. We have nothing. I, yeah. I got to take off, MZ. I'm going to be out at the Dave Cave. But before you get off the air, could you re be sure to repeat that slowly? Because this is going to be podcasted, and it's going to be up right. again tonight. Yes, so people sure. will hear it again. Uh, how do we help people, just the everyday people? What can I do? The guy with an extra 20 bucks. And what, there's what a phone number, too. Can I say my, my say number? It again. The, say it right now and then say it again right, later the, on. The Santa I, I gotta Cruz take off, chapter of the California Dave, Homeless Union you. is 831-431-7766. So if you forgot all that, I mean, call me and I can tell you where you can, you know, give donations or I can even answer your, your questions. If you're not able to get on this show, you have questions about homelessness, you want to know how you can help, call me. 831-431-7766. Yep. And if you don't have any money at all and you want to walk up to a payphone and call me at 1-800-884-1136. And um, people do from all over America looking for food. Yeah. Okay. Um, as promised, we will open the phone lines. 479-1080. That's an area 831 if you're outside that area code. Or you can uh, email mz at ksco.com. 831-479-1080 or email mz at ksco.com. It's the Saturday special. I wanted to also remind people that the people uh, living on the streets or have an art show that is sponsored by the Santa Cruz Homeless Union and Food Not Bombs. It'll be on December 1st from 11 to 6 at the downtown post office. And... There are amazing artists and musicians and uh, jewelry makers who live on our streets, and they're going to be doing a hot... We have the Holiday Arts and Crafts Fair, and the money goes directly 100% to the person you bought 
the object from. Yes, so come and buy some art. Yep. It'll okay. be fun. And have Great. a meal with us, too. We're going to be serving yeah, and a meal. We'll, so that's we'll a good, free meal. Like three weeks? Huh? Three weeks, December 1st, Sunday, December 1st. Yeah, three weeks from tomorrow. And all-you-can-eat vegan meal. Okay. Great. So um, Steve in Pacific Grove has persevered. Um, okay, Steve, you're on. Hey, MZ, thank you for taking my... You don't have to go off the air, buddy. You, you, you know, your, your your radio station is one of the the last ones that actually has just, the local things it's on It's true, but I, I don't want it to be used by trolls exclusively. I'm just well, so, I'm I'm just so sick of them. You know? Oh, well, you know, I'll try not to be one. No, no, you're I, not. I, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. Go ahead. I try to sympathize. You know, one thing that drives me crazy, one of the reasons why I called you so early, is, is like Dave said, seeing these gals... That are down on their luck. How do you separate the wheat from the chaff? As far as you know, trying to get these gals. I mean, boys will be boys. You know, if if they want to be knuckleheads and get drunk or get high, whatever. But seeing these poor ladies and, and young gals, especially, I I travel all the way from Coos Bay down to L.A. a lot, and uh, it just drives me crazy. As far as that, they look like potential victims if you're if you're a bad person. Yeah. And. I mean, how do you separate the wheat from the chaff, the food not bomb guy? I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. That's what kind of what I wanted to ask you. Good. Well, you're Thank asking. You. That's a great question. Okay. Well, I'm not so sure I can answer this one. That we need to necessarily separate. Um, I like to think that no matter what your situation, everybody is worthy of having their basic needs met, and everyone needs a home. So, and the cheapest solution to this problem of homelessness is providing shelter, providing homes. So. I don't think we need to separate and decide who's worthy. I think that everyone is. And the sad well, what's the thing, end game, though. Well, what's the, the end, end game? the end game should be housing, and and the and the real and and that and and sadly, you know, investment bankers and so on who are who are you know building housing now are building luxury housing, which is great for people that can afford a, you know, a $2 million studio apartment in downtown Santa Cruz. But there needs to be a policy. Um, and there was a policy in the, in the New Deal, which was very poorly implemented um, with these high-rise, you, know, uh, um, you know, housing projects and stuff. It can be done much better. But there needs to be the political will. So I, I've talked to Dr. Leff a lot when he was the head of environmental health here, the health department in Santa Cruz. And he received, uh, I think, an estimate. You know, the department got $20 million for drug rehab and, and mental health services. And he could not find any place to place any of those programs because of pushback. And... and you know, and last Sunday... So did the money go away? I don't, I don't know what even happens to the money. And there's, uh, you know, the county just was allocated $2.6 million, uh, $2 million for youth homelessness. Who knows even where that went to? We got $20 million that came in for homelessness on another... Uh, ser you know, well, grants. it mostly goes on employing, you know, the employees of these places. Like, yeah, right. Like the Salvation Army runs 1220 River. They have, you know, five or six employees getting benefits and really good wages to watch, you know, 60 people who are mostly sleeping or, right. not, or not there during the day. So these places are mostly abusing the money, using it on staff, and then it's a trickle-down effect. The homeless don't actually get any of the money or the services oh, that were meant for them. Yeah, and, 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 the, and HUD has had this horrible policy since the 80s of, of essentially 
really literally trillions of dollars have been just diverted out of HUD into who knows what kind of scams, but it doesn't show up on, on, on the streets as being a, a solution. Okay, well, well, so to be positive here, scams need to be stopped. uncovered and exposed well, yeah, yeah. You were, and stopped, obviously. And stopped, yeah. Uh, and these people uh, need to be prosecuted. The people that have, like the savings, during the savings and loan crisis, which is something I know a great deal about, I got a group together and we call, started an organization called Homes Not Jails. And we did research on who owned, who, what all the, we went and we did a catalog of all the abandoned buildings in town, in San Francisco is where I'm doing this. And we went and we found out that they're all like, a bunch of mortgage companies owned every building. No one really knew who they were. So we just took the locks off them, put our own locks on them, and fixed each of the buildings. We had, according to the, this book called No Trespassing, we had 400 buildings, and we housed people in 100 of them. And we just had the building trades people that lived on the streets help us restore these buildings, and we would make a lease for the people. We would turn on the electricity and the water, and homeless families, and we've targeted the families and the most disabled people originally for the first hundred houses. And the, and 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 right now there are millions of of houses in America that are just empty. Yet we have millions of people living on the streets. So there could be a a, a nationwide policy to f pay the people that are living outside that are capable that are already skilled tradespeople which to there repair. are more than people realize yep. right? so. and they get out there and they they rebuild these houses and they they restore them they, they you know there's chi the chinese restaurant on uh, um water street the, the county shut that down because people were living in there the staff was living in the apartments at the building I went. I Which drove shows, by there yesterday. That's crazy. And I, I love that place. It was a wonderful restaurant. Yeah, and they had employed and, people living but there. They, they had were, to live there. I mean, that kind of shows the state of, of yeah. what's going on. Wow. You know? Yeah. And and I just and I, I noticed that it was boarded up. I said, wait a minute. I was going to go there to eat. You know. Yeah. And and now I can't because it's boarded up. And then I read somewhere, uh, you know, in the Sentinel or something. Uh, why that it had been shut down by the government and, and uh, by the local yeah, um, it's health right. officials. And that may have caused more homelessness. So because of they had to live there to survive, now they're extra homeless. Yeah. See, oh, the, another simple solution immediately would be to stop towing cars that people live in. You could save so many lives. Because well, vehicles are the last affordable option. Can we just be honest? In Santa yeah. Cruz, that's affordable housing right now is your vehicle. Yeah, so for, for, the, for the chief of police, Andy Mills, to do a public relations thing about how great it was he was kicking everyone off of Delaware and, you know, and, and towing all their homes. Yay, so the, so those people great. came to Food Not Bombs and like, I just lost everything. Yep. I lost my my. Everything that I owned. It's sad. Because all that happened was that they go, they went, like, over to that portable toilet over in the park. And when they come back, their car's gone with everything in it. So you don't take, like, your birth certificate and your ID, in necessarily your ID and everything to go to the bathroom. It takes two people to go to the bathroom if you're a, an unhoused person in this city. One person to watch your stuff yep. while you go to the bathroom. And, and the police that's target crazy. these areas like Delaware. They know that because, you know, that's the last place that there's some parking, 
that, you know, a lot of people in RVs and vans go and park there. So they use these, I feel like, as just kind of routes to yeah, go. Yeah, and, and people do it, they're, and they're being respectful. They, see, that's the thing. When I, I lived in my van for, uh, um, you know, even here in Santa Cruz, um, and, uh, and so when I lived in, I would find a place where there was no houses. I didn't want to bump people out by sleeping in my van in front of their house. And and so here are these people have the courtesy to park along natural bridges so they're not bothering anybody. But they don't let you. They but, went and posted no midnight to 6 a.m. parking. Yeah. So they kind of force you around here. I feel like they force you into neighborhoods where the people will call the police on you because they're worried about, you know, who's this person in my neighborhood versus letting you park in these industrial areas or these areas where it wouldn't bother anybody at all. I think that's control because they feel like they have to keep a real, real close eye on these homeless people. You know, that could potentially be, you know, scary. This is the anti-homeless hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and it, you know, it's our family. You know, my brother was the most gentle, loving person. I've. He was unbelievable. And he and his wife lived outside for 25 years. And the first 18 years, they lived with their daughter. She's like such a remarkable woman today. And and, and it was even then. Um, and they never would have hurt a soul. You know how difficult it is for me when I'm in city council and I'm at these cash meetings and someone stands up and says, please, please, if you put a homeless uh, center or a transitional encampment, please make sure that it's not in neighborhoods, parks. Near schools. Near schools. That's offensive. That is so offensive. I'm a mom. I have kids. Why can't I be around schools and parks and neighborhoods? It's just, it's a hateful profiling that's totally unnecessary. Homeless people are not scary. They're people like me. I just make food for my kids at night, you know, and, and they go to school too. Why can't we be around the school? We just, we got to stop the the anti-homeless hysteria because it's really it stops the solutions and the community buy-in so every time something gets proposed that's solution based you know the whole community is at an outro oh no we can't have that oh my god it's fear you know we know what the solution we know what needs to happen and we know what's the most fiscally responsible way to do it it's housing but people are too afraid to let it happen and if you have housing and you are, the, it's the, if that number one thing is a safe place to be indoors, to, and that is, and it's shown that addiction, if you are, uh, you know, an, a drug addict or alcoholic. You should still be indoors. And you're indoors, you're more likely to recover. You're much more likely to, to recover. Um, there's a great program in, in, in uh, Oakland and Berkeley, um, that was organized, and that was the very first thing they do. They put you in the house. You are uh, strung out on, on meth. They get you uh, into a place because they know that's the only way to stabilize a person. Because it's really easy. Uh, well, I shouldn't say really easy. It's a lot more okay. easy to work on your secondary issues when your basic needs are met. Correct. You guys are amazing guests. You're on a roll. But I've invited you callers. You've got to get calls. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only, only a half hour left. Know, a little more amazing. than a half hour. One so, call. Uh, went on Steve in Pacific Grove, thank you for calling 479-1080. Here's Richard, also in Pacific Grove, uh, about homeless veterans. Richard, you're on. Yeah, Michael, I, I, I totally, I so totally disagree with what I just heard. 
from your guests that I think you should have me on and, and let me talk about it with them the next time. Okay, well, you're, you're, on, heard, you're on now. You're on. So, you know, encapsulate yeah, so, so, what's bothering you, okay, about what he said. Well, what, what bothers me is, first of all, any veteran, I didn't hear the beginning of his story, but any veteran who really is on the streets because he's been forced on the streets and hasn't been able to get help through the VA, please let them call your radio station, leave their telephone number, or somehow I can get in contact with them. Because I took a guy off the streets as recently as two months ago, totally homeless, totally this. I took him out to Fort Ord. I walked right into, within three hours, this guy was in a hotel room. We started processing to get his Social Security. We got him food, and we got him clothing. We have an abundance of clothing out at Fort Ord. There's absolutely no reason for a veteran not to have a jacket or, or clothing. That's just a fallacy. As far as Dave, what I also do is I drive around, and I, can, I bought 100 of these uh, emergency blankets. Okay, I just gave 30 away yesterday. So I have emergency blankets in my car. 90% of the time, if I see somebody that's cold and it's going to be a cold night, I just give them a blanket. They, they, you can get them as cheap as, as 2 or $3, yeah. okay? At Walmart. If, if, okay, the problem with a lot of the homeless, you know, you're just talking about, well, they just want to park their car in your neighborhood and blah, 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 but they don't police themselves. They drop their litter. They drop their excrement all over the place. And other homeless people will tell you that because I, I know a lot of people that are living in their vans, and they say they have to stay away from these people, okay? The mental health issue is the criteria. But as far as drug addicts, if people are drug addicts and they don't want to get into programs, they don't want to get better, I'm sorry. I really don't have sympathy for them. I know you do or your guests do, but I don't. Well, there's a lot but of misconceptions in there. I don't know any uh, homeless person that likes to be homeless, and I do know that they're just like, you know. Well, then house, you're wrong. You're, you're absolutely, with you're absolutely wrong. Uh, there's a you're percentage. absolutely wrong because I've gone down to the wharf. I've offered these people, some of these people, I've offered them uh, the housing through the Veteran Transition Program. I've offered them uh, steps to get out different programs that are available, and they say, you know what? We kind of like living on the beach. We're, we're with our people, and this is all we want. They're getting Social Security. They're getting all kinds of money that you and I aren't even aware of. I think you're so it's, glorifying it's the lifestyle, and that's that's the false narrative. I mean, I know you're saying that and that you've heard that, but that's not my experience with the homeless. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why we should get on and we can bring uh, uh, different people, you know, Come down to uh, Monterey and go under the wharf and, and introduce yourself to some of those wharf rats and see what they say when you offer them help. This is their lifestyle. This is their, They choose to live this way. So okay? uh, I am telling you, I've done it. You know, I'm not making this up. I have no reason to do that. I mean, I've there's a, a bad life. apple in every bunch, but I mean, so it's I'm not... not just an apple. It's a whole basket. It's a whole basket. Well, I run a safe come, come I run a safe parking program that at least 20 people, 20 to 25 people park every single night and I don't even right. know some of them. They just know of of the location and they come and park and everybody's respectful. We don't have any of the problems with litter or anything that you're mentioning and I know dozens of of successful programs that are similar. And so I know that Well, then maybe we should get together because I can take you right out to the Del Monte uh the dump out there, and you see the people alongside the road, and they 
They started there with their uh, vans. They started there with their motorhomes. And now they've got garbage all over the well, place. Well, not that everything is free of problems, but I'm just saying I, I have been witness to dozens of successful programs, and I like to avoid the narrative that all homeless people are doing that. We like where we live, and a lot of people guy. wouldn't trash the area that they're, that they're living in, especially around their vehicle. There are a lot of people that, that do not like that. But the exactly. other thing that I know... a lot of people do. A lot of people do. And that's what makes it very bad, very difficult. I personally don't want homeless people in my neighborhood. If that makes me a rat, then I'm a rat. And I, and I, I take it because I've seen what they've done. You're falsely I, I labeling all done. homeless people, though, into one category. So by saying that, I that means... I didn't label. You're, you're, you're you said homeless people, so that means you homeless. wouldn't want me or my family in your neighborhood. Well, probably not. If, if you're the type of person that drops garbage all over the place, I didn't label but that's, all. But I'm I not. Never say that's what all. I'm trying to tell you. I'm actually a really good person. Just last week, I helped a kid who, sure who fell you off are. his bike by my RV. I think you've got a great uh, heart. I, I think him you've call got a great heart. You're a wonderful person. So why wouldn't you want me in I'm your not, neighborhood? Yeah, I, so, I think you're a wonderful person, but you're not encouraging a, a change in what we really have to happen. The numbers are got, getting exponentially worse and worse. More and more people are... And, right and, why, and why are they becoming... Are they coming... Out, everybody is like... See, this idea that mil, uh, the 8, 10 million Americans decided it would be much nicer to live in a tent outside and be chased around. And, and, and then the... the uh, you know, every week... Last week, this really nice young woman came to me and said, you have Janice's phone number. I, I want to go into Janice. And so I gave her the local phone number. And of course... And this happens all the time. The, to, you have to call every day for, I believe it's now 60 days, before they feel that you are really go, uh, allowed to get in. And you miss one day, your 60 days starts over because there's not enough resources. And so when they tried to create more locations with the millions of dollars that were given by the state and the federal government for more uh, alcohol and drug treatment centers they couldn't find any place to put them and the thought the thing is if you're in a a sober living facility for the purpose of becoming clean and sober you are clean and sober and you're inside a house so why are the people that are angry about all the drug addicts and blah 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 all around stopping solutions the other one is imagine if at delaware say just an example there's a huge outcry oh we can't have delaware my, my grandfather started the tidal pool walks at, at natural bridges i have a, a lot of you know personal love for that community that neighborhood for that that state park but they they could put a dumpster and portable toilets there then there would be no trash and there would be no excrement yep but if you don't, if you block the ability to put a dumpster and 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 portable toilets in locations that are appropriate, you could be on on uh, Mission Extension, which is all warehouses, and have like a say parking place there and put a dumpster and toilets there, and and people would all go there and be there. What? But they but but the neighborhood who isn't even really. Living there f stopped it from happening. I call it cutting off I, your I don't nose know. You despite know. your face, really. The solutions are there. But see, like you said, you don't want maybe me or anybody else in your neighborhood. But when we propose, like, hey, let's let's set up this camp, let's do this, 
it's the same narrative that you just said that's stopping uh, all the solutions all the solutions from happening. So no, I, absolutely not. Absolutely, don't put words in my mouth. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm saying that the the problems that we've had with homelessness have not gotten better. And all the sympathy that you have for all these people that are out there, they're all good guys, they're just drunks, they're just drug addicts, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, a lot of them got tattoos all over their body. They, they, they're they not clean. They're not dirty. I, and it scares the hell out of a lot of people. That's reality. That, There's that's a not, lot of uh, judgment in that statement. That is being reality, okay? Well, that, yeah. And people are afraid of that stuff. Yeah, why but afraid of tattoos and people that drink, if I, there's nothing finish. I can do. I, I, I respectfully let you talk. Let me talk, okay? I'm trying to talk from, I want solutions. I, I hate seeing this. Do you I have any solutions? Do you, do you have any solutions? Yeah, I do. I, I, think, okay. I think I have a better solution. It's, it's all yours. I, I Take, tell us. Tell us Are what you ready? I'm ready. We develop, we develop an area, maybe out in the desert, maybe, maybe out in some area that are unincorporated zones, okay? And we put these tents, these giant tents, okay? And we have rules and regulations. And we bring these people in here where they can get better, where they can get the help they want. And then like a once they've done camp. this and they, Jesus Christ, you know? Hey, you, we, you, know you were gonna who's let, more negative than you? Let, let who's in. more negative than you? Okay? Let, let's, we're looking for solutions. We're looking for solutions. We have young men and women dying on the streets in Los Angeles and San Francisco all over the place because you're playing by the same rules and nothing is getting done. Everything's getting worse. Don't call me a hater. Don't call me a monster. Just pay attention, okay? We develop, we, we have a stand down for the military where people go in there and they are offered all types of help and all that stuff. And it seems to work. I'm saying let's do the same thing. Let's get them together. Let's offer them services and, show, and and really get rid of those who don't want help and separate them from those who really are looking for help. There are some people you're just not going to be able to help, and that's reality. If you that's became reality. homeless, would you want to live in, in that environment that you just described? If I became homeless, that would be up to me, and I, of course. I would look for any type of, of uh, work or, or help that I could get. I would never be homeless because I've never been a victim, okay? Never been a victim. I'm a veteran. I come from a poor background, but I've never been a victim, Victim, okay? So I'll never be homeless. There's nothing that's going to happen to me. I will work. I will pick dog dew out of, the, out of somebody else's cleats if I have to to support uh, I, myself. So, so I yeah, well, I, I mean, it's yeah, uh, go ahead, go ahead. very interesting. So over the 40 years I've been out on the streets doing this, right. I have met many, right. many people that have said exactly what you have been saying. Many people. Right. And many, many, it's rather shocking the number of people who have told me that they would never be homeless, that they should all be, you know, just exactly word for word what, what you have just said. And then two, three years later, they come up to me and said, I did everything right and I am homeless. And they I, obviously didn't do everything right. They obviously didn't do everything right. They didn't save. You've they never heard they of a victim spent, of circumstance? They, they spent, of course I've heard of victims of circumstance. Not everyone but you're not you gonna say, tell me. you don't choose you're not to be going a victim. To tell me you that know that, no, right? So the people, in, the people in Paradise, California, who were right. so stupid as to have bought a house in Paradise, California, who are now right. wandering the streets of Santa Cruz, many of them, because many of them were priced out of their homes here in Santa Cruz and have returned. They did everything right, including buy a house, 
that was burned to the ground by PG&E. So right. that you you're, you hopefully you don't live anywhere where you get service right. from PG&E. And hopefully you don't live anywhere where there's earthquakes. I really and hope hopefully you don't live like anywhere plants. where there's floods. What, what, what are you talking about? I live in Pacific Grove. I, I have PG&E, and I just went through the, the, the earthquakes like everybody else. So, so don't make up this, this scenario. It's, no, it's, I, it's not a made-up scenario. I fed the people that survived Loma Prieta, and many of those people lost their houses. And then right. four, they were the, the good victims who lost their houses, no fault of their own. And 12 months later, those exact same people were the people who were the horrible homeless that you're talking about. It could so be. So they didn't have someday. insurance it on could it. Be. Uh, they didn't have insurance on the homes that they lost. They 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 were tenants, possibly, for example. Okay, they didn't have any. They didn't have any insurance on their own stuff. No, okay? they didn't have the down so, payment. Well, whose fault is that? Is that my my fault? I mean, if there's renter's insurance, if you're going to go live in a fire zone or whatever, then you have to think about renter's insurance. I have to pay insurance on every one of my vehicles, on my home, renter's on everything I do. Renter's insurance won't stop have you, you ever had to sue? And have you ever had to sue your insurance company to get the uh, money to <laughs> rebuild your uh, house? Yeah, there's two yeah, things right. that insurance we're, we're companies so do. Far, they, they, collect so the, uh, they collect premiums and they deny claims. Yeah, That's right. all yeah. insurance companies yeah, yeah, do, mostly. You know? Yeah, we have to be realistic here. Hey, this Richard, is, you're, you're a good guy. I love you. Uh, uh, Keith is a good guy. Alicia's a good guy, too. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so, but can't, can't we all just get along here? Because... Uh, you, Richard, whom I love and I appreciate, and you really great. think, and you really, you and really think great. straight. Yes, that's great. But y you know, can't we just, you know, get along and and not be hot-headed sounding and just try to work work out civil solutions? I, I, you know, you know what, the, you know, I, and I love you too. I love your show and everything. Like, but but Michael, the reality is that we've had these same types of people running these organizations, and to me, they can't see the forest from the trees. Okay. Okay. Well, we're not well, all great. We're not all great people. I, I agree with you, and I'm I'm likening it to the Trump administration, which is which right. is shaken which has shaken the last fifty years of government to its knees here, and I'm happy exactly. as can be about it. Okay, <laughs> but I don't see. And, and, and for all, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't think Keith and I have had this discussion. I'm assuming that Keith doesn't think very much of Trump. Yeah, I'm not wild about Trump, but okay. I'm not wild about the Democrats either. Yeah, okay, <laughs> but, but what, what, I, what I've taken note of about, about Keith and getting to know him and listening him, and I wish I, I would have listened to his radio pro In fact, I want Keith to do a radio program on Keith and Alicia. Maybe do a radio, a yeah. regular radio, a solutions-oriented, not bitching-oriented right. radio program on KSU, Thank a regular you. one. Now, uh, hey, Griffin, Griffin Queener, would you get on, get on the mic? You brought me that note about Dr. Biles. He wants to give up his next hour or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he uh, would rather go to his uh, grandson's soccer game, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, so, yeah. okay. All right. So so we're on a roll. You want to start? You want to start at 1 and 2 o'clock, or do you have to be somewhere I have to else? go cook for 200 people. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You. But if I could get a... I could take Uber, and you could stay on, Alicia. You... Well, but, but, but this is what I would... Yeah. Here's what I was thinking. Here's what I'm just th thinking uh -huh. out loud, okay? I've got to leave. I've got to leave at noon because it's the 68th anniversary of my birth. i got to get up to the city and do some fun stuff right, up there. Right, right. Okay? But if I wanted you 
or you and you to be to to, to kick this thing off because I didn't know this was going to happen. No, I yeah. didn't know Dr. Biles was going to call and say, "Hey, this is so, so good a show. Would you like to take a third mm -hmm. hour? Because I'd rather go do something with my family." So I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was going to suggest to you that you just do the next hour as a host, not the guest. And and just sort of get your feet wet. You've been a host before on yeah, Pacifica, you said. Yeah, be yeah. a host, yeah. Keith. Well, let me, well, during the break, let me call. Is that going to screw up a lot of people here that depend on you for their food? Well, let me call people and see if I've got some cooks that can take Fill over. In. Okay, yeah. why yeah. don't you do that now? Can you do that yeah. now? Because we need a... What's the last word with Dr. Biles? Is he heading uh, in? Yeah, he said that he's on his way still. He'll be listening on the radio uh, oh. to hear what your guys' conclusion is. Okay, um, how, okay. how soon can you... It might take me till 12 noon to find somebody. Oh, really? Oh, okay. All right. Well, can we listen to your phone call? No, I'm only kidding. But we got a full board. Uh, and uh, Richard, thank you for calling. You're a great call, as, as always. And I know your heart's in the right place, and I know Keith's is, and I know Alicia's is. Yeah. So, yeah Dave, Dave, could you just do me one, one moment, thank you, uh, Michael? Yes. Would you just really encourage any veteran that hasn't been getting the help that he needs to, to call me or call you and uh, I'll give you my number off offline. I've got it. I already because I, yeah. I just I just you got it right. Yeah, yeah. It ends in six zero, yeah. right? Roger that. Yeah, yeah, just get me in touch with these people because okay. Uh, Did you hear that? Out. We'll do a promo too. Veterans who need help call we'll set up a website we'll, they'll automatically get in touch with you i'll have john to do that yeah well okay. we'll be yeah okay. well, our main cook well a lot of our we cook at the vets hall and our and our principal cook is uh sea otter he's like i think he's eighth generation santa cruz or maybe more um and he uh you know we've worked worked with him and we finally get he's he's gone blind and uh but there's surgery that can help him, and now we're taking him over. I'm driving to um, Good Samaritan. Yeah, we've, we've just got to sort of get it all organized. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think KSCO could be a great, you know, agent in, well, in organizing so some of these efforts. Yeah. Richard, thank you very much. To everybody You're who's welcome. on thank hold, you, I promise we will get to you, even though there's only 15 minutes, starting with Sally. Wow, what is it? Sally's in Pacific Grove also. Wow. <laughs> all the callers have been Pacific Grovians almost. <laughs> Go ahead, Sally, you're on. It's all because we're loving, caring people. Yes. And beautiful flowers and views yes. and all. Beautiful. I love our town. But I want you to know, my church, I work with my church for the homeless women. And the difference between the poor folks that are either drug addicted or alcohol addicted and the ones that are truly down on their luck, for one thing, the percentage is huge. The ones that are down on their luck are about two people and the other... Mm, 34 people are all either alcohol or drug addicted. And the ones that are down on their luck are appreciative. They have good appetites. They're looking for work. They have family that helps them, etc. And the ones that are drug and alcohol, they don't eat very much. They um, look very ill. They get pissed when the shampoo is not the shampoo they want. It, it is pitiful. It really is. And, and I've often wondered, why don't their families help them? And then I found out they have. Almost every one of them have lived at home and gotten thrown out because they either stole from their parents or they have a drug and alcohol addiction issue. And they keep thinking that if they can just give them shelter, they're wrong. That is not helping them. They need to have a place to go, etc. 
where it is required that they get help. Because once they start getting the help, they usually finish it up. My brother-in-law has um, a pain management and addiction clinic in Jackson, California. Are you there? Yep, yeah. Okay. We are, we are all listening. I'm taking it Anyhow, all in. Yeah. And he, Alicia is not happy at what she hears. 24-7 counseling. They have a place for the people. He gives them the shots for... Um, whatever the other drug is that doesn't wreak havoc on their bodies. That um, Oh, yeah, and some of these people come in suit and tie, but they are desperate to get help. And I think ignoring the drug and alcohol issue with the homeless is a terrible, terrible, unfair thing. And I know they don't want, always want to be cured because they like their drugs. But the fact is, they need someone to say, no, you can't do this anymore. If you had diabetes, we wouldn't just walk away from you. We would make you take your insulin. And I'm going to take your answer off the air, okay? Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Sally. Appreciate your call. You were rolling your eyes and you were... Well, I think that know. there was so much false narrative involved in that. And that's that's the message that's going around. And once that seed's planted in people's head, I mean, that's kind of where the community thinks that things are. And I just think that's not true. I mean, I, I don't know where she got those figures yeah, from. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I, just an example. My bro brother... Um, went to Tanglewood, which is a very famous uh, music school. Yeah. And something occurred there, and he and he destabilized him mentally. And, he and so he ended up ultimately on the streets, like I said, for 25 years with his wife. And, um, and But he passed out from diabetes at a soup kitchen in Hyannis, Massachusetts. And fortunately, I... Um, People there at the hospital realized that he actually was bipolar, and they gave him medication. He stopped drinking. He ended up getting Section 8 housing, and he got in. But my father just hated my brother, and it was all, it was just, it was horrible, heartbreaking. And, um, and so, you know, and my brother didn't do anything to my dad. It's just that my dad was like, I don't like his religion. I don't like his, you know, because uh, my brother became Jehovah's Witness. And my dad was Episcopalian. And he just had hatred. And so it's not always the actual person on the street that is the problem. It can also be the the parents or the family. Or many people don't even have family. I was or the say that. Or the families are... Um, are how many people living on the street, their families are living precariously and could be evicted if they had too many people living with them? You know, there's there, we until we walk in the shoes of these Keith, people, you, you need we to do make not your, know. You need to make your call so you know whether you could be okay, the host cool, of the cool. next hour. And okay. also, homelessness and, and substance abuse are separate issues. Sometimes they go together and sometimes they don't. It's, it's really unfair to put substance abuse and act like that's, that's a homeless problem or that most people that are homeless are experiencing substance abuse. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's not, um, you know, many, many people that I know, I mean, imagine if you get woken up by the police over and over again, you know, two times, three times a night, told to move, have to lift all your stuff, move down the street. Um, 
you know, you you might end up uh, numbing your senses by it's cheaper to buy like booze or something, or maybe nothing. You know, maybe people like appear like drunk and 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 on drugs because they're tired from being forced to run around you know it's it's, it's well, crazy and we need successful programs that's another element to this is that we need successful programs so I, if yeah i sally wanted to take her answer off the air you know and she's doing that now but i made the mistake by not by not asking her what her solution was before she left anyhow we have about nine minutes less less than nine minutes more like eight minutes left in the program so I'm going to take our next caller, which is Colonel Terry, who has a compliment, which is a rare circumstance. Go ahead, hey. Terry. Compliment people at your station for doing good work. And you're doing good work today, MZ, by having this topic. I, I applaud your program and the initiative you've taken and the entire content. Oh, However, thank you. And I also want to add, uh, they described that the, uh, Mr. Bernal, the city manager for Santa Cruz, and uh, the uh, Kandahi, the uh, city attorney had been dishonest in dealing with them. I've had that same experience. I've had observations of it. And uh, we should not tolerate Mr. Bernal's dishonesty and moving the cheese when he deals with members such as the group here. Enough said. Hey, uh, thank you, Colonel Terry. Appreciate it. Next caller will be Angel in Santa Cruz about building homes. Angel or Angel, you're on. Hey, hi. And thank you for having me on the air. Um, you know, a lot of things that were that has been discussed um, today on your on your show is some of the things that I wanted to chime in about. So I'll just have to go and say that a lot of things that um, uh, Keith and Alicia were speaking on, I, I absolutely agree with with a lot of things they said. Um, I think the solution to our homeless issue is to simply, you know, get people into housing. And uh, with uh, your prior caller who stated that. He thinks that they should be banished to like, you know, deserts and, um, you know, away from society. Basically, I, I totally think that that's absolutely the wrong thing to do. Um, I think it's disgusting the way people, some people that live in houses treat some people that don't have houses. Um, myself, for instance, I'm homeless. I don't do drugs. I don't drink alcohol. I don't like to see litter. I, I try to keep any area that I'm, you know, uh, parked at because I live in my vehicle um, clean and uh, uh, if I see anybody littering I'll, I'll address them hey you know can you you know not litter there because uh, it gives the rest of the people a bad name and I've only actually had to do that like uh, you know a few times um, not everybody is on drugs or alcohol there's plenty of college students out there that are unhoused and uh, striving to make themselves better um, I just think we can absolutely do better as a country and uh, to get our people and uh, to get our homeless people off the streets and into housing would strengthen our country as a whole. It just what's going on right now doesn't there, make sense. Like there said, is a way and, and we at KSEO want to find that way or, or at least be, um, you, you know, be part of the solution. And I would actually flip the script, um, actually, based on what that lady said, and say that it's the majority swings the other way. A majority of the people are like you and myself. We don't like garbage. We don't like violence. We don't litter in our areas. I think that 
it's it's the opposite of what the lady said how there's you know majority are are bad people and there are only a couple good apples i think it's actually the other way around I agree. I agree. I, I I've think seen so a lot too. of people wow. that have good hearts. Yeah. Do I say, is your name Angel? Do I say? Angel, yeah. Okay. yeah. Angel, yeah. thank you so much for calling the Saturday special and making it a better program. I really sure appreciate thing. it. Thanks for having me on the air. Okay. Here's uh, Capitola Gray. Hi. Uh, so I couldn't get a hold of anybody. You couldn't? Oh, okay. All right. Well, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know whether Dr. Biles is coming I in or not. I can do it by phone while I'm... Uh, you can do it by phone? But I'd have to cook and do it by phone at the same time. I mean, we could be up. You could stay. Well, well I have to. Get, yeah, it's kind of not the easiest way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, can't do it. But, um, oh, well, we tried. Let's. Well, okay, <laughs> next Saturday, three hours. Yeah. No. Uh, no. <laughs> well, no, we, we need. I, I, I don't know. And, and we still don't know whether Dr. Biles is headed. We might do a. Uh, a worst of a perspective. No, a best of perspective. Right. You got to do that. Uh, anyhow, uh, Capitola Gray, you're on. Yeah, usually you hear me uh, singing, but uh, this is last, uh, was it a couple weeks ago or something when Keith was on? That was the best show ever, except for one caller. And then today, I'm glued to the radio, stopping everything. But um, I, I've learned in life that ignorance can turn into stupidity and stupidity can turn into evilness at least in perception and that one guy uh richard i gotta say um he doesn't know a lot uh, like what alicia alicia was just like taking words out of my mouth and my thoughts out of my brain they know much more than the local um community that says you know that's getting all this money and says that they know the right thing to do i say the first thing to stop all the ruckus is leave people alone, whether they're millionaires or whether they're, there's an underground underground too that people don't even know. When people come to your parties, you don't know if they're homeless or not. You know, I don't go up and ask somebody, uh, uh, hey, where do you live? And then if somebody's attacking you, it might not be a homeless person. I don't care if it's a homeless person or they're living in a $3 million house. Um, it, it's go after the crimes. I'm 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 sitting in a car right by a house that we used to have here, Rio Del Mar, and it's maybe two and a half million dollars right now. And people used to complain about a house lady that uh, her paint was flaking or something. It's like look the other way. There's a whole ocean there. Just leave people alone. That's all I have to say. And thank you for this show. Thank you, Gray. Appreciate. It. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Uh, next caller will be Art in Prunedale. Art in Hello, M Hello, MZ. Hi, I'm your guest. Uh, I just want to comment that Richard from Pacific Grove and the lady Sally that followed him up were excellent with great ideas, and I'm glad that you might be working with Richard to solve some of these problems. Richard, I know I've run into him working with the homeless from time to time. He's a veteran. He works with uh, a lot of volunteers. And he does a lot of volunteer work. And I would say that his experience as a layperson out there, he doesn't get paid. He has nothing to gain from this. His ideas were fantastic. Sally was right on. She works at her church. That's where she gets her data from. She said two people were homeless because of need, and the other 30 people were drug addicts and drunks. So that's where she gets her data from. And I hope that you guys work with Richard. 
and can solve this problem. So thank you so much. For we are time. going, we're going to do everything we can to make something positive happen. Dr. Biles is in the building. So you're going to be sitting here in the host chair as you normally were. Were you going to do an open mic, uh, uh, David, or, or, or were you going to, did you want to continue this yourself if one of the guests stays? Because uh, we could do that if we know you have to leave. But Alicia, what do you think? I mean, Dr. Biles is here now, and I think I think he's he's on his way in. Yeah, you got other things happening or what? I'm really be happy to. Oh, here, here, talk, here, 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 here. Uh, I'm happy to sponsor the next hour because I caught some of the show, and I think what you have to share with the community is awesome. Um, it it would be to my benefit if someone else would host it, if that's okay, simply because... Well, Alicia, I, you're ready. You and Griffin, Griffin Queener could host the show and, and start the, start the ball let's, rolling. Let's, what do you let's think? give it a try. Happy to have that happen. I can make the soccer game Griffin? on time. Make my grandson you, happy. You, yeah, it's not fair to just dump this on, on, on Alicia, who didn't hasn't had a radio show like yeah, I just it's, learned. Yeah, it's absolutely not fair. Yeah, you but but you can you can sort of sit here in in Dr. Biles' seat, right, for for the next hour. I mean, sure, I'll have with, to take with phone Alicia, calls too, and then yeah. you'll take phone calls. You can screen the phone calls just like Dave Michaels does, and he's running the show too. Okay, you know, is that okay? Yeah, sure. Is that we can okay try with you, it. Alicia? I mean, it's only an hour. This could be the beginning this of a new. This is how we train people. You, yeah. You know, you watch one, you do one, you teach one. Yeah, and.